0: Welcome to each one of you who are worshiping with us online. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you've had a wonderful, wonderful week. Well, the message I'm sharing with you today is part two of a message that I preached over a year ago. So I thought it was time to do a part two um, for that. And so I shared with you uh, the first part of the sermon, Dig Another Well, and so today we will look at part two. So please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26, and we'll start from verse one. Genesis 26, starting from verse one. It says, a severe famine now struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to the Gerar, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give you all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed." I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commandments, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebekah, he said, she is my sister. He was afraid to say, she is my wife. He thought, they will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, "'She is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister?' "'Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her from me,' Isaac replied. "'How could you do this to us?' Abimelech explained." One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of a great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation, anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names that Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. "'But the shepherds from the Gerar came and claimed the spring. "'This is our water,' they said, "'and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. "'So Isaac named the well Ezek, which means argument. "'Isaac's men then dug another well, "'but again there was dispute over it. "'Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. "'Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well, This time there was no dispute over it, so Isaac named that place Rohoboth, which means open space, for he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will bless you. "'I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. "'I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant.' "'Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. "'He set up his camp at that place, and his servants dug another well. "'One day King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisors, "'Azazat and Phicol, his army commander. "'Why have you come here?' Isaac asked." "'You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land.' "'They replied, "'We can plainly see that the Lord is with you. "'So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. "'Let's make a covenant. "'Swear that you will not harm us, "'just as we have never troubled you. "'We have always treated you well, "'and we sent you away from us in peace. "'And now look how the Lord has blessed you.' "'So Isaac prepared a covenant feast "'to celebrate the treaty,' and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home, and they left in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed, so Isaac named that well Shaibah, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of oath. At the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri, and Basmath, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. And we pray that, Lord, you would open up our hearts and our minds, that you would speak to us, O oh God, and help us to see the truth that is contained in your Scripture. And so, Lord, we pray that not only would you speak, but that you would help us to be able to respond and to change and do what you desire us to do. And so we commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. A famine had come upon the land, and Isaac and his family were forced to move. They were forced to move, and they found themselves in a place called Gerar, which was a Philistine-ruled land. It was a land that was far from home, but they needed to find a place where they could plant and harvest their crops. He thought that it would be a temporary detour. But God had other plans for him, and God insisted that he stay where he was sent. And we see that Isaac continued to be blessed by God. In fact, the scripture tells us that he harvested a 100 times more crop than he even planted. In part one of this sermon series, we discovered three truths, and those truths were, number one, don't move on or leave where you are until god tells you to number two don't be afraid to tell the truth and number three god can bless your little and make it much and so today as we continue on in the scripture and look at part two we discover new truths isaac and his family were there in a land where king abimelech and the philistines ruled However, they welcomed them with open arms and allowed them to stay in their land. They allowed them to stay, but over time they started to notice that Isaac was doing really well. In fact, Isaac was doing better than they were. They had welcomed him into this land with nothing, yet he was being blessed with even more than they had. So unfortunately, instead of being happy for him and rejoicing with him, the Philistines became very jealous and envied Isaac. They envied him and they thought everything for him seems to be going right, but they were jealous because of what God had blessed him with. The first truth I believe that we can learn from this passage of Scripture is, number one, when God is ready to bless us, he will. Don't be jealous or envious of other people's blessing. You see, the Philistines and King Abimelech were upset. They were upset because Isaac was doing even better than they were. They envied Isaac. To envy means to want um, what someone else has and actually wishing that they were without it. That's what it means to be jealous and envious, that you want what someone else has, and in fact you wish that they didn't have it at all. And you may even feel that they didn't deserve it, or you deserve it more than they do. Have you ever been jealous or envious of anyone? Have you ever seen something that someone else has done or someone else has or someone else has earned and thought, I deserve to have that, or I should have that, not them. Well, maybe they were chosen for something that you really wanted to be picked for. Maybe they received an award or a promotion that you felt that you deserved. Maybe they got married and you're still waiting to find the right person. Or they received a bigger inheritance than you did. Maybe that person made the sports team and you didn't make the cut. Maybe they were able to buy their first home and you're still renting. Maybe they got a new car while you're still taking the bus. You see, there are times in our life where we can see and hear about things that happen to other people. And instead of being happy for them and rejoicing with them when exciting things happen, there are times where we can actually become very jealous and envious of other people. You see, jealousy and envy are dangerous things. They're dangerous things because it causes us to compare ourselves with other people, and it also causes us to compare what we feel we deserve or what God should be doing for us right now with what God is doing in other people's life. God wants us to genuinely be happy for others. He wants us to rejoice with others when good things happen, to celebrate with them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about love, that love is not jealous that love does not envy. You see, when we are so busy loving other people and loving them the way that God wants us to love them, then there just won't be any time for us to be jealous or envious of them. When we are truly loving others and treating them the way that God wants us to, just because someone else has received the blessing The promise that you've been waiting for does not mean that your time won't come. It does not mean that God has forgotten about you. There is no need to be jealous because when God is ready to bless you, he will. When God is ready to give you what he has in store for you, no one will be able to stop that. He will make a way. You see, the Philistines tried to stop Isaac's blessing by filling up the wells with dirt. They were jealous. They were childish. They were trying to stop what God was doing, to stop the blessing that God was giving them. And so they filled up all of these wells with dirt. However, that did not stop God's blessing from pushing through. In fact, it just made God's blessing even more evident in Isaac's life you see there are times where others may see you being blessed they may see the things that God is doing in your life and you may feel that people are coming against you that they're trying to stop the blessing that God has given you but know that he won't they won't be able to stop it that God will continue to push through that you will continue to receive what God has in store for you. You may be delayed a little bit. You may be slowed down. You may be discouraged. You may even feel like giving up. But God will bless you, and he will certainly continue to do what he's promised to do. I've always said and I will always say that what God has for you, you will get. What God has in store for each one of us, we will get. It may come in weeks, it may come in years, but it will come. And so we don't need to beg, borrow, or steal for it because God has it in store for us. So there's no need for us to be jealous and envious of what other people have because our blessing is on its way. Our time will come. We may... Look at someone else's life and say I wish I had what they have. You know, I wish I was like them I wish I had that fame that success that fortune. I wish I had that business or that company I wish I had that skill or this skill so we often can compare ourselves with other people But you see the problem is that we often only see the clean polished presentable side of things We don't see the side where they've worked so hard that it has caused pain and headaches and heartaches, that there's been sacrifices and oftentimes there has been late nights and early mornings involved. We don't often see that side of how hard people have worked for it. It's like these ballet shoes that you see on the screen right now. How beautiful they are and how elegant they are. And you may even wish that you could dance so beautifully and elegantly and and be so gracious in your movements. Life is like that where we often wish that we were what other people have. But you see, in the other picture, we don't see what's under it. The hard work, the brokenness, the sacrifice, the things that we go on behind the scenes. The things that are not so pretty. We often want the fame, the fortune, all of that, but we often don't want the hard work and the sacrifice that go with it. You see, there is no need for us to be jealous of what other people have because we don't know the hard work that they've put in to get where they are. We don't know what they're doing and the sacrifices they make to keep where they are, and keep what they have. And so it's important for us not to be jealous or envious, but to know that what God has for us, it will come. It will come in his time. The Philistines were jealous, and they wanted to get rid of Isaac and his family. So Abimelech ordered him and his family to leave the country. They were ordered to leave, and they basically kicked him out They treated him unfairly. He didn't do anything to deserve this except be blessed by God. But Abimelech said, you need to get out, you need to leave. So Isaac didn't get upset. He didn't protest. He didn't try to even retaliate or get back at them for the things that they did, like plug up all the wells with dirt. No, he moved on peacefully and found a new place to settle down. He reopened the wells that they had plugged up with dirt and just went on peacefully. You see, number two, even when we're being treated unfairly, even when we're being treated unfairly, it's important for us to keep the peace, to choose to keep the peace in a situation Isaac kept the peace. He left without arguing, without fighting, without swearing, without screaming, without breaking things, without behaving badly. He left peacefully in a manner that was worthy. He left in a way that he did not cause disruption or problems. He knew that although it wasn't right, although it wasn't fair for the way that they were treating him, it also wasn't worth fighting over. It wasn't worth fighting over. Have you ever heard the expression, pick your battles? Pick your battles. You see, it's important for us to know when to withdraw and when to stand and fight. It's important for us to pick our battles. Even though something may be unfair, something may be unfair to us, it's important for us to consider, is it worth fighting over? Is it worth risking saying something that we may later regret? Is it worth losing a friend over? Is it worth ruining a relationship over? Is it worth maybe even embarrassing someone over? Is it worth it? Because most of the time, Now, there are times where it is worth it, but most of the time, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the harsh feelings. It's not worth getting people upset and worked up over. It's not worth hurting them and causing them to to walk away and to not talk to you anymore, to cause even bigger drama. It's important for us to choose to keep the peace. Pick your battles. Know if it's worth fighting over. Choose to keep the peace and compromise with your spouse, with your children and your parents, at work with your boss and your co-workers. Choose to keep the peace with your friends and on your sports team or your relatives. Choose to be a peacekeeper. Choose to keep the peace. So Isaac and his family peacefully left the land. They found a new place to settle down, and they did just that. The problem was that his servants kept discovering all these new wells, which was a good thing. However, every time they discovered something, it almost felt like someone was coming in and trying to fight them for it. They discover a well, and the herdsmen come in and claim, that's our well. All right, they move on, and they dig another well, and then another group of people come in and say, that belongs to us. All right, let's move on again and dig another well, and they do that till finally, no one came and disputed and argued over the well. They were able to settle down and to stay where they were. It almost felt like Isaac constantly had people come come at him. Come at him in every direction that there was always problems always frustration things just didn't seem to work out for him Have you ever felt like Isaac felt? Where it just feels like one thing after another just keeps coming and coming and coming at us That you're just wondering when am I just gonna experience that peace that I'm trying to keep right when am I going to experience that? you see everywhere that isaac turned there seemed to be trouble but eventually after digging well after well after well he was able to experience that sometimes the best option for us is to dig another well that's point number three that sometimes the best option for us when we feel like we're experiencing things constantly coming at us, that things are just not working out for us, the best option sometimes is for us to just go on and dig another well. Digging another well can symbolize starting over. It can symbolize retrying something that has failed for us in the past or completely changing our plans or our directions, it can mean that we realize that it's time to move on from where we are because we know that there's even better opportunity and blessing somewhere else. For us, digging a well can be maybe changing your school program. The program that you're currently in just isn't what you thought it would be or isn't working out, and so you choose to dig another well and change that program. Maybe it could be going back to school, learning a new skill or a new trade. And for you, digging that new well can be going back to school. For you, it can also mean maybe starting a new job or career direction. Digging another well can mean moving on from a toxic relationship and starting over. It can mean starting a new ministry or new idea that you have moving to another country or another city. Digging another well for you can mean trying something new that you've never tried before. Or maybe it can also mean forgiving and making an effort with a parent who wasn't there growing up for you. You see, digging another well can symbolize new things it can symbolize us moving from where we are to something even greater and better for what God has in store for us. Isaac was kicked out of the country. He had no choice in the matter, yet he made the best of the situation he was in by going on and digging another well. We can often stay where we are and feel sorry for ourselves and and blame everyone else for what's happening but it's important for us to pick ourselves up after we've had that little pity party and realize it's okay to start over. It's okay if your situation didn't work out. It's okay. Things are not over. There's always another opportunity. It's always possible for you to dig a new well. It's always possible to do that. Just because things didn't work out the way that you thought it would, doesn't mean that it never will work out. Just because you're older and you thought your life would look a certain way by this age, and it doesn't, doesn't mean that it will never get to where you want it to look. Just because your financial plans have been delayed because of COVID doesn't mean you're not gonna get back on track financially. You see, it's always possible for us to dig another well. The Philistines tried to stop Isaac's blessings, but God made a way for him to experience even greater ones. God made a way for him, and God certainly will continue to make a way for us if we continue to trust him and allow him to lead us as we dig new wells in our life. Isaac was kicked off the land simply because he was being blessed. Isaac went peacefully, and here's why Isaac went peacefully, I believe. Isaac went peacefully knowing that he was not chasing God's blessing. In fact, instead of him chasing that blessing, the blessing was following him wherever he went. You see, we don't need to chase after what God has for us. It will follow us. In Psalm 23, I believe it's verse 6, it talks about how surely goodness and mercy, or surely goodness and love, depending on your version, will follow us all the days of our life. Claim that. Pray that. Pray and claim that over your life, that God's goodness, his mercy, his love, will continue to follow us, that we will not have to chase We will not have to follow after it, but it will follow us, and it will be there everywhere that we turn. Isaac moved on peacefully, knowing that God's blessing was following him. He went to a place called Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him. You see, God will remind us of the blessings and promises he has in store for us. God will remind us of the blessings and promises he has in store for us. At Beersheba, God reminded Isaac of three things. He reminded, he affirmed that he is God. He said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. He assured Isaac that he was with him. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will bless you. And the third thing that he said to Isaac, he confirmed his promise to him and his family. I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. You see, what God was doing was reminding Isaac of who God is and the things that are in store to come. Similarly, in different ways, God too will remind us of the things that he has promised for us, that he will often remind us so that we don't forget and so that we know that he truly is with us working even when we can't see him working behind the scenes. God will remind us of his promises in different ways. It may be through a vision or a dream, through a sermon or a Bible verse or even a song, through a relative or friend. There are different ways where God reminds us and God reveals things to us. And it's important for us to listen. God will make himself known and remind you and me of his promises. So by now, some time had passed, and Isaac and his family were settled in Beersheba. When one day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor and his army commander. Isaac was obviously surprised to see them, but the reason that they came was because they saw how blessed Isaac was and they wanted in on it, right? They they came to make a sworn treaty with him, to, to make a covenant with him that you don't interfere with us and we won't interfere with you kind of thing. They wanted to get in on the blessing that Isaac had received and wanted that protection. You see, because of how Isaac chose to live and the peace and the love that he displayed and the consideration, they were able to see God working in his life. How we live and respond to others can either draw people to the God we serve or drive them away from him. How we choose to live and respond to others is a witness of God's work in our lives. And it's important for us to choose to live the way God wants us to live because we are called to be Christ's ambassadors. That means that wherever we go, whatever we do, we are representing Christ to other people. People are always watching. And we need to represent Christ well. You know, there are some people that you've probably heard about that get turned off from Christianity, right? They, they think that, you know, Christianity, the Christians are, are hypocrites and whatnot. The reason that people feel that way at times is because the person that they look to for an example and that they expected would act or live differently, unfortunately didn't. And we are the ones who represent Christ to other people. And so through our lives and through our actions, through word and deed, we can either draw people to God or we can drive them away. And it's important for us to be mindful of that, of how we live and how we act. That if we say one thing, then we should live it. That we need to walk the talk and not just talk the talk. We have a responsibility, a high one. It's not just enough for us to tell people about Jesus, but it's important for us to live in a way that shows why we need Jesus, to live in a way that shows his transformation in our life, his work and his change that he's able to bring about. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, the second part of it says, Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. Are you being a godly example to others? Are you being a godly example at work, at school, on your sports team, in your family, at the grocery store, in the doctor's office, in the line that you're waiting in? Are you being a godly example when you're upset or when you're frustrated, when you're having a bad day or when someone's really getting on your nerves? Are you being a godly example? Because we can either draw people to God or we can drive them away by how we choose to live and respond to them. Isaac was a great example of someone who chose to live in peace, Isaac and Rebekah had twin boys that you can read about at a, in another part of Scripture named Jacob and Esau. In verse 34 and 35, we read that at the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives. And in verse 35, it tells us, but Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. Now, we're not told exactly why they made life miserable or how they ended up doing that. But the bottom line was that Esau's wives treated their relatives terribly, whatever that may mean in that situation. And I'm sure that their mother in law, Rebecca, did her best to try to get along with these wives. And I'm sure that their father in law, Isaac, tried to keep the peace and said little and tried to live in a, in a way where he wouldn't disrupt the family. Yet, for whatever reason, they made life miserable. You see, it's important for us to be careful not to cause your family and relatives unnecessary heartaches and headaches. Be careful not to cause your family or your relatives unnecessary heartaches and headaches. What these women were doing were causing their relatives heartaches and headaches. Now, the truth is, right, we don't, Always get along with all our family if we're being honest We don't always get along with all our family especially our immediate family and relatives and in-laws and whatnot now there are times where we will have differences of opinions in Certain things and how we do things and the way that you know we we cook or clean or raise our children or whatever, right? But the important thing for us is to be careful not to cause unnecessary heartaches and headaches. At the end of the day, even if we don't agree, we can still be respectful and considerate towards other people, right? We can still be respectable. Ladies, you may not necessarily agree with your in-laws that you need to do all the cooking and the cleaning for your husband who is their son, But it is important that you understand the role of the wife as laid out by God in the Bible. Men, you may not necessarily agree with your relatives about the kind of job that you should have or even maybe getting another job to support your family. But it is important that you do not dismiss the fact that you are to do as much as you can to take care of and support your family. You may not necessarily agree with your relatives or your family about how you should raise and discipline your children. However, it's important that you still be respectful and do not dismiss the fact that they have probably raised several children of their own and they may have some helpful Advice to offer you see the bottom line is that we may not always agree with everything but it's important for us to still be respectful considerate and choose to live in harmony with other people don't cause your family whether immediate or extended unnecessary heartaches and headaches be a person who chooses to live in peace You see there are many things that we can learn from isaac's life and from this passage of scripture life will not always be easy but often how we choose to respond to other people is more important than what actually happens how we choose to live and respond to what happens to us is is very important number one when God is ready to bless us, he will. Don't be jealous or envious of other people's blessings. Point two, even when you're being treated unfairly, choose to live in peace. Number three, sometimes the best option for us is to dig another well. Four, God will remind us of the blessings and promises he has in store for us. Five, how we live and respond to others can either draw people to the God we serve or draw them away from him, drive them away from him. And finally, number six, be careful not to cause your family or relatives unnecessary heartaches and headaches. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the many truths that we can learn from this passage of Scripture. And we pray that not only would we be hearers, but we would be doers, that you would help us to put into practice many of these things and help us to live in a way that we promote peace and harmony, showing respect and consideration to other people. And so, Lord, may you continue to help us to be the kind of people that draw people to you, oh God, that our lives would truly reflect your goodness and your love, the change that you have caused in our life and the transformation that is taking place And so, Lord, we pray that indeed you would help us to continue to be your ambassadors wherever we go in everything that we do. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.